A phenomenal season for the Washington State Cougar women's basketball team. And along the way, they've gained the support of a famous fan. Here's Cairo News Radio's Heather Bosch. The WSU women won the program's first Pac-12 tournament championship Sunday, beating UCLA 65-61. to On their way to that championship game, 7th seed Washington State bumped off 2nd seed Utah. The Pac-12 network pointing out, Not only do they knock off the number two seed, but it becomes the biggest upset in school history. Cue the women's rally song. Best thing about Entire WSU team starts singing Shania Twain's 1997 hit, The Action Caught on Twitter, and then... Shania Twain retweeted it! Oh, yeah, she did. It says, love this, and then a dancing emoji and a heart on fire. Twain gave them a shout-out on Sunday, tweeting, I'm honored to have been a small part of your journey. Take it away, ladies. feel like a woman. <laughs> I love it. Yes. The WSU women are guaranteed a spot in the upcoming NCAA March Madness Tournament. <music> Seattle's Morning News Thursday morning. The state Senate has resurrected the police pursuit bill from the dead. And we saw the 11th hour passage of an assault weapons ban. Let's go live now to Cairo News Radio's Matt Markovich. Let's talk uh, pursuit first, Matt. Yeah, how about that, Dave? This is a wow moment, even for me, an a, a old policy wonk. This is, this is that adage where you think something's dead and it's not, because we've been talking about this pursuit bill in the House of Representatives, and yesterday on the House side, it was facing an 11th hour deadline, you know, basically a 5 o'clock cutoff, they call it, to pass, and we thought that was the only bill that was alive, because what happened on the Senate side, a similar bill, was basically killed by the committee chair, Senator Moncardingo, weeks ago. Never got a hearing. No public hearing, no talk, no debate, no nothing. So yesterday, here's the dynamics. What happened behind the scenes is that yesterday morning, word got out that that House vote was never going to make it to the floor. So at 1 p.m., without any notice... The Democratic leadership, Andy Billig is the Democratic leader there in the Senate. They put the bill on the House, excuse me, on the Senate floor, the same bill that was killed weeks ago, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of and and they started debating it. Absolutely. Just just started talking about it. And Senator Democratic Senator Mark Mullet shared what many had been saying privately about the current bill. Human nature says one of the hardest things in life to do is admit when you've made a mistake. And I voted for this bill back in 2021. I think the unintended consequence, Mr. President, of our legislation in 2021 was that it became widely known that we were not going to pursue criminals. That has created a public safety challenge in the state of Washington. And he's a Democrat, so he's saying they screwed up. Yep, and Mm -hmm. basically about the previous law, I said a a current bill, but uh, meaning the existing law that we have right now, and we've been talking about that for a year. Um, But then you had, so you had Senator Moncardingra, she's the person who basically killed it weeks ago. 
So she brought forth an amendment, amended version that basically mirrors the House version, which the House decided not to even act on. And, and she repeated, though, why many believe there is no need to change the law because it's all about saving lives. National numbers that are less up to date, 11,500 people were killed in police pursuits. If I may quote from a headline from the Washington Post, Mr. President. Please proceed. Police chases kill more people each year than floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, and lightning combined. Now, that 11,000 figure, Dave, is going back to 1980, and that's a nationwide figure that mm-hmm. she's citing, not just state of Washington, because they're basically, it's again, it's been debated how many people have died because of police pursuits here. Uh, you know, it's four to seven, depending on what numbers you want to look at in the last year or so since this uh, bill took effect. Um, so anyway, Republicans offered amendments about auto theft. Uh, you know, that's a big yeah, issue here. Right. And reckless driving as crimes that could, you know, where you can initiate a chase, but the Democrats voted that down. So auto theft is not part of this. But they went ahead and voted 26 to 23, narrow margin. And now there's a police pursuit bill that came out of nowhere. Uh, and now it's going back to the House. All right. So that lives. Uh, assault weapons. Yeah, I know. And I heard that you're going to do a commentary yes. on this. But yeah. So, you know, this actually late last night, uh, they passed an assault weapon ban. Uh, first time in six attempts, uh, they were able to do that. And if it passes, the governor signs it, it would eventually be nine states with Washington join nine states that would ban these things. And there's a long list of uh, gun models, like you're including AR-15s, AK-47s, M-16s. Um, and they're, they're defining, you know, the term assault weapon is defined as including various kinds of firearms, like semiotic weapons that mm-hmm. are... Well, they list brand names, too. Yeah, well, semi-automatic rifles, yeah, with an overall length of less than 30 inches. It goes on and on. It talks about semi-automatic pistols that have the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and have one or more features listed in this bill. So, So there's a long list of weapons that assaults. And here's Democratic Representative Liz Berry and why she voted yes. Gun violence is preventable. This bill will save lives. I'm voting yes tonight for our kids. I'm voting yes tonight for my friend Gabe. And I'm voting yes tonight for the thousands of Americans who are killed and silenced by gun violence in this country every day. And the Republicans are the ones who basically voted against it and here's jim walsh explaining why he voted no this bill makes the same mistake that many others do it assumes that by restricting the choices of law-abiding citizens in how they choose to protect themselves it will somehow affect the behavior of psychopaths and criminals and people bent on making mayhem I thought it was a pretty good debate, which is why I'm going to use a lot of it uh, in the commentary this morning. But to, to get back to the, the pursuit bill for a moment, I thought it was interesting that one of the, the comments was, I, I guess it was uh, from Mark Mullet, who said that um, while it was a mistake, the, re- the, the real problem was the way it, it drew so much publicity to the fact that the cops were no longer chasing. In other words, it, it's it's not so much the change in the law, but the publicity it got. Now, of course, they go hand in hand. But it seems to me that one, one of the things that we, we, we don't appreciate uh, about crooks, and I, I used to be on the, the crime beat you know, way back in the day, yeah. but laws don't deter criminals. What deters criminals is when they're they're sure they're going to get caught doing something, right? And, and that's a matter of policing and also 
publicizing when you catch people. I mean, it just seems to me that that our law enforcement agencies and the King County prosecutor is an exception because they, they come up with us every week and we talk crime and punishment. We hear what the sentences are. But I would like to hear more from the police when they catch somebody, make a bigger deal of it, when they catch a, a car thief and what happens to them. And because you've got to put it out there that it doesn't always they don't always get away with it. Well, you know, he may have, it's funny you bring that up. He had a great example. He basically said before this bill, you know, criminals didn't have an Excel spreadsheet knowing what the laws were from city to city yeah. and county to county because each city can you know have its own restrictions on it. Because now the criminals knew that there was a statewide restriction on it, just what you're talking about. That was a big, big mistake. Yeah. Now the criminals knew and they can just drive away. So publicity of what happened did affect why we're seeing more crime or we're seeing more uh, runaways from police. Yeah. Cairo News Radio's Matt Markovich. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome, Dave. <laughs> Time for your daily dose of kindness now. It's brought to you by Robert W. Baird. A barber in Cincinnati isn't just skilled with the scissors. He's also skilled with being a good human being. Vernon Jackson does free haircuts for kids with special needs. They have a hard time going into public places and receiving um, equal equal or better service uh, for what they're looking for. And so, you know, they would pay anything for the, uh, for that experience. Jackson's Gifted program started in the summer of 2021. It's got its name through a friend who gifted the money to provide the very first haircut. It's a needed service, as some kids with special needs get overwhelmed in loud, crowded environments. This mom tells WLWT-TV haircuts in particular for her son, Ellison, who has Down syndrome, are tough. My husband and I both would think we would kind of play rock, paper, scissors on who gets to take Ellison to get his haircut this time because we both knew what we were in for. But when Ellison first walked into Jackson's shop, she was surprised at how comfortable he was. Jackson let the kids call the shots, when to stop the service, how the service will go. And in a video that's now gone viral, it's like Ellison and Jackson have been friends their whole lives. All of the haircuts under Jackson's Gifted program are free for parents and are sponsored through donors on a GoFundMe page now. Since this story has garnered attention, the donations have reached $52,000. That's a lot of haircuts. Most of those donations, too, just $20 or under. 748, G. Scott joins us. And, G, the big story this morning is that two drivers apparently got into some kind of confrontation. Shots were fired between two cars. We wake up this morning to find out that one of those arrested is Sean Kemp. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't seen the video. Uh, What does it show? Well, I have been watching and looking for video. The first video I saw was from Cairo 7. That was last night. I was like, huh, I can't really tell. I see a tall man, which is in a vest, which is it looks like Sean Kemp, uh, as far as uh, the description. And then this morning, I've been seeing all of the different TMZ has had one. And so far, I have not found any video of Sean being inside of the vehicle 
in shooting. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm getting text messages right now from people telling me that there's video now, there's video coming up, uh, that Sean Kemp was standing in the parking lot when he actually fired the shot. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing well, is... So did you say when he actually fired the when shot? When he fired the shot, so he did, was not driving when he fired the shot. So he had a gun? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because the video shows him throwing the gun into the bushes. Yes, Sean Kemp allegedly had a gun. I see. Yes, he did. And we didn't know what brought this on. No, we don't. I mean, there's all the reports out there. I don't know. What we do know is Sean Kemp is down. You could tell he's in a Porsche Panamera. He's driving that. You can see that. You can see that he's wearing a vest with long sleeve. You can see that. You can see that he also points to an SUV. He's pointing to law enforcement, pointing at the SUV. You see that in the video. And then you see Sean Kemp throw the uh the gun, the firearm, into the bushes. You see that as well. Now, you and I are going back and forth on Twitter right now about you're upset that the Tacoma Police Department is calling this a drive-by shooting. Why is that fact upsetting to you? Because automatically, when drive-by is brought up, there is something, in my opinion, that is attached to drive-by. What? Now, well, I don't know. I, it, it just it's a, it's a feeling. So if it's a drive-by, Rich, and if, you know, if, if Sean Kemp was driving in his car and he shot out of the vehicle at that time, then that's a legitimate drive-by when he's doing it. But if Sean Kemp is not inside of the car when he takes the shots, then that is Sean Kemp allegedly shot at someone in the parking lot. Do we know what happened before the video that we see? We, we we Do don't. we know if shots were fired before we, he got out of the car and we, then shot again? We, we don't. Okay. We don't know. So it could be still a drive-by. But I, I really want to drill down into why this is upsetting to you that TPD, in your opinion, got it wrong. I didn't, I, I'm not saying that TPD necessarily got it wrong. I'm saying so far, I am not seeing what they are saying. And in the past, TPD or any other law enforcement in the past has not always been accurate with their information. And I gave the example of Manny Ellis initially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes in, 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 in the past, I believe that media needs to make sure that law enforcement is fact-checked. Mm-hmm. So that, that's all. Yeah. Well, our reporters at the scene down in Tacoma trying to get more information. So what does this mean that a, a, a sonic superstar is involved in something like this? I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad when anyone is involved in that, but especially someone like Sean Kemp. Harvey Dent said in Batman, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And this is very unfortunate. We're talking about Sean Kemp, somebody who has been a mainstay here in this community. When you talk about Sonics, you talk about Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. It is hard not to talk about those two, especially considering what they did in the 90s and especially in that 96 run. It's really bad, Colleen and Dave. It's really bad that we are going to be talking about this forever. Now, when this all is said and done, the details of what's happened and what led up to those things, that isn't going to be really talked about. What's going to be talked about for years to come is that initial blurb. Yo, and as a matter of fact, the memes have already come out with Sean Kemp inside of a car uh, shooting guns and, and stuff like that. That's the social media world that we are in right now, unfortunately. And it's unfortunate that in years to come, no matter what the investigation comes out to be, 
it's going to be, yo, remember years ago Sean Kent was in that drive-by shooting? So that's the unfortunate part for Sean. It would be nice yeah, once choice. in a while to wait until we find out what actually happened before drawing conclusions <laughs> from it. So yeah. Yeah. that would be my approach. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. G. Scott, 9 o'clock on Cairo News Radio. We'll begin with the arrest of Sonic's great Sean Kemp. Let's go live to Cairo News Radio Sam Campbell, who is in Tacoma. Sam. Dave, Tacoma police say they responded to the shooting here at the Tacoma Mall just before 2 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. Witnesses told Cairo 7 TV they heard multiple shots fired and locked the doors right away. In video reportedly taken by an employee at the mall, you can see two men arguing by their cars, one in a red vest, who waves and points to the other's car before that person drives off. We're still trying to piece together when the shots were fired, but another video published by TMZ shows the same man in red identified as Kemp, approach a car and fire a shot while outside of his own car. That's despite police and the jail booking describing this as a drive-by shooting. Witness video from Cairo 7 shows him drive away in a Porsche and later handcuffed. Cairo 7 TV reports they matched the Porsche registration to Kemp. And although Tacoma police didn't name the 53-year-old man they arrested in the shooting, multiple sources and law enforcement confirmed to us that it was indeed the six-time NBA All-Star, but no reported injuries, as it and it is an ongoing investigation. So do you have any feel for how everyday fans are taking this uh, news story? In short, they're in disbelief, Dave. Last night, I was out talking to people in Soto where Kemp has a dispensary. This morning, I heard from more people in Tacoma by the mall. Here's what they had to say. I just, I just can't believe it. Sean Kemp. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. I used to work at Climate Pledge, and so we had a lot of Sean Kemp fans who were in the area. And I think that there's going to be a lot of confused people who are still going to go to all of his dispensaries. It's a real shame. Sad news. You hope things are uh, all right on the mental health front for everybody involved. There's still a lot of questions left unanswered, specifically what kind of argument led to this escalation, what role Kemp had in the ordeal, and who the other man is. I've seen speculation online, too, that this had something to do with Kemp's dispensaries, but I want to be clear that I haven't seen or heard any evidence linking the two. I've reached out to Tacoma Police multiple times for more details. Sam Campbell live. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Dave. Choke points. Let's go. Brought to you by Acton's Quality Roofing. Slow down. Move over. Why? Because it's the law. Anytime you see flashing lights on the side of the freeway, and that means any flashing lights. The state patrol is going to be out for the next two months reminding drivers of what their responsibilities are. Here's Chris Sullivan. We shouldn't have to remind drivers of this, but so many of us fail to follow the law that the state patrol will be running an emphasis for the next two months, starting this weekend in Pierce County. State Trooper Chelsea Hodgson runs down the rules for when you see lights on the side of the freeway. If possible and if safe to do so, you move over a lane. If it's unsafe, if there's too much traffic, you at least need to slow down 10 miles an hour below the posted speed limit. If you're in a zone that's 60 miles or more, you need to be at least at 50 miles an hour. The other thing that drivers don't seem to realize is that the slow down move over law applies to anything with its lights on. Making folks realize that it's not just a uniform that you're protecting with this law. You're also protecting folks like the tow operators, folks like Department of Ecology out on the side of the road that have the lights flashing while they're doing 
litter cleanup, anything like that where you see those flashing lights that can count for an emergency or a work zone. And the slowdown move over requirement extends for 200 feet on either side of the area. So get over early if it's safe to do so. Trooper Hodgson says it can be very scary working on the road with traffic whizzing by only a few feet away. When you're already at the scene, whether it's a collision or a traffic stop or, you know, a vehicle's broken down because they have a flat tire or whatever the issue may be, you're trying to divide your attention, right, between the issue that you have at hand as well as trying to just keep yourself and that individual you're out with safe. As we've been talking about over the last couple of years, several tow truck drivers, officers, troopers, and other workers have been injured or killed by drivers speeding through these areas. Now, normally the state patrol would run a one-off emphasis on this in a particular part of the state, maybe on a weekend, but this will be a two-month emphasis hitting every region of the state. A lot of the times we'll have these emphasis and we'll have a big push and, you know, it's for a week or a couple weeks, but hopefully by having it expand out over the course of two months, it'll be a really good reminder. And while not required by our law, I would recommend even getting over and slowing down for any issue on the shoulder if it's safe to do so. Giving the driver of a broken down car a little extra room just seems like the safe thing to do. But again, that's just me. The state patrol will be focusing on education during this two-month emphasis, but you still could get a $219 fine if the trooper decides to give you a ticket. It's not just you, Chris. It's any of us who've ever broken down on the freeway <laughs> trying to uh, fix a flat. It is absolutely uh, terrifying. So, so again, how's the emphasis going to work? They're going to put like uh, decoy cars and then watch the reaction? They're not or? exactly telling me what the, what the plan playbook's going to be. And in fact, the state patrol as an agency has kind of left it up to the eight individual regions uh-huh. to kind of do what they feel is the best way to handle things. Like, for instance, this weekend is going to be Pierce County, uh, and what they do might be slightly different than what they do on the east sides of the mountains a little bit later on uh, this month and early next month. Because, for instance, as, as Trooper Hodgson said, here it might be the slowing down there, it might be the move over or vice versa, because if you have a two lane road where you've got somebody pulled over and you can't get over a lane, then then maybe the right. emphasis will be more on the slowing down part here where you might have room to move over a little bit. It might be more on the move move over uh, component because it's it's different in different parts of the state uh, based on you know what their traffic patterns on their traffic volumes. But, yeah, you're going to see a lot. of And again, this is a two month deal uh, because they're and as you've seen in the legislature this year, they've really been working hard hard to try to find ways to protect the workers on the side of the road, be they ecology or tow truck drivers. Well, haven't I seen more troopers out there doing like uh, aggressive driving enforcement and stuff like that? And and what we've really seen, and while I know a lot of people would love to see the speeding emphasis, uh, more what what we found is a little easier based on the room to pull over someone. We've seen a lot more motorcycle enforcement when it comes to, say, the HOV violations, where they'll sit people right at the top of the hill, uh, right at the Edmonds exit Mm -hmm. right there and they'll have like six motorcycle officers and they'll be like you and they send one motorcycle after you motorcycle after them uh, but trying to get the hov violators which i know is low-hanging fruit doesn't necessarily but but as i've (laughs) seen this morning and yesterday driving to work during the times when i'm normally working uh to see the amount of hov violations out there is was rather mind-blowing to me uh and that can lead to you know road rage and aggressive driving from the other drivers who see these people cutting them off at the ramp meters especially or you 
using it goes whizzing by them at the ramp meters or and and so that has a, a benefit too I think for nabbing some of those people who do that regularly. Let's talk about you <laughs> taking the morning commute that you normally report on. It's it's rare that we get a chance to drive during the morning commute and you have the last couple of days. Yeah, I've been uh, off shifting for uh, yesterday and today doing a little training work and yeah, so I, I got in the car at about 6.45 and you know drove through the 7 o'clock hour the last two mornings. Fortunately, uh, you know, Kate and Mickey have been doing a great job keeping me <laughs> up to date on what was going on. But yeah, what I've noticed, uh, the patterns, you know, being in bumper to bumper traffic is not fun. I, I, you know, I, I get it. I like it. I, I understand it. What I did by leaving so early, my meeting doesn't start till nine and I was still getting in the car, but I gave myself two hours to get here was I just sat in the left, in the far right lane, just went slow, didn't have any worries about it. But boy, there is so much people cutting over, cutting over, cutting over, cutting over yeah. when there's a line of cars, a thousand cars deep between them and the next exit. Like, Guys, you got to lower your pressure point here. Do you think that that weaving and and the attempt to try to get ahead is what slows down? Oh, completely. Yeah, it's, okay. I mean, it's like clockwork. Yeah. Every interchange, it comes to a complete halt Ugh. as soon as the merging kind of lets go. It opens up for a little while, and then you hit hit the next one. I mean, it's maddening coming yeah. through uh, Linwood and Alderwood, where you have all those on and off ramps. Some and some of the on ramp, the merge lanes are really long. And the other thing that drives me that drives me nuts, and I've been seeing it too a lot the last couple of days. And we've talked about this before: the fact that people feel they own the 10 yards in front of their car or the 10 feet in front of their car and they're going to defend that from you merging in, I don't get it. I let Pe- people in for good karma. Like, that's I just what let I call people it, in whether it's it, true or not. Uh, it, I go, I'm just going to collect my karma points uh, and make that person's day yeah. and then I, I did the too. same thing. thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very but kind. yeah, just I mean, trying to get on in the car that would just right onto the person's bumper yeah. so the person trying to merge on can't get in. They have to go behind them. Sometimes like, I'll really? let two in. Uh, you know what? As long as people are using their blinkers, uh, which I also noticed is not being used very often, uh, getting on and on ramps is... I know, but you know, isn't it implied it that you're getting over? But you still need to signal, <laughs> Colleen. Do you? Because yes. it's not like you're going to go to the right. Well, <laughs> you still need to signal. I know. I know it's um, the law. I just go like... But yeah, it's on. just kind of interesting to see the driver behavior that creates what I see every day. And a lot of it is the design of our freeway. Uh, the way it was put in. I mean, certainly we've talked about this for why they let an on-ramp on at 50th and at 45th yeah. and let those cars get on to 520. I do not understand that. It's the worst. Over the rise of a bridge that you can't see the other side on. I mean, what were you thinking? And now I know we were... <laughs> that there would we never were, be this much We traffic. were a cow town and a fish town <laughs> and a right. timber town when they made it. I get that. In hindsight, is you know, whatever. I'm just surprised once drivers saw it was you, they didn't just part so you could get through. Wouldn't I that just, be fun? Oh, no. <laughs> No, I, we I, should I, get you on like a waving parade just out the no, sunroof. No, just, no, no, no. Hello, constituents. I just sat there in my inconspicuous car and just kind of watched. It was, uh, yeah. it was, a, it was good education to kind of see what it's like to be fighting through this every day. It helps me kind of empathize with our drivers a little bit more because it, it's not fun, especially if you're running behind. I get that. I gave myself two hours because I had nowhere to be. Most people don't have that luxury, and and I get it. But I, it was a good education for me. Well, glad you arrived here safely. Yeah, I did. And, I, and I've got uh, nine hours of management training to go through to make. <laughs> Make sure Mickey does her job. And what so. you did do is make us late for our traffic report. So yeah. but, thanks well, a lot. I kind of feel like Nick Allard. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> Freddie! See, I heard that scene. That proves I was listening, right? His emails. Nobody you don't want to do traffic right now? I'm the only person who can read a clock here. 
Thanks for listening to Seattle's Morning News, the podcast. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Colleen O'Brien. You can find our podcast weekday mornings right at 930. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss the Daily Dose of Kindness.